Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. Thanks for checking out Growing the Game with Ballsy into its fourth year. If you like what you hear, maybe give me a positive Google review and share the podcast. The goal for us here at Growing the Game with Ballsy is to put a spotlight on the kids, coaches, and builders across Saskatchewan and get them promotion that they deserve. This podcast coming to you from the Regina Sports Performance Center studio. Thanks to Aubrey Stedman and his gang over there on Broadway Avenue for getting on board. Respect the effort joined today at reginasports.ca. All our guests come to you on the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline. Hammer Time Roofing is Saskatoon's only certainteed five-star roofing contractor that is backed by a true manufacturer's warranty. Give them a call at 306-262-ROOF. Thanks to the other sponsors, Mark Greshner Photography. Trust him to capture the big moments in your life. MarkGreshner.com. Many of his photos are breathtaking. Face first medical aesthetics. Beat back father time in a naturally looking way. Second floor above Gabbo's on Dudney Avenue. I recently went there for a skin booster and man what a difference that makes. Go ask Chrisinda about that. Paul Waldo at Royal LePage in Regina getting the real estate game with the three-time Grey Cup champ 306-502-5355 Double Z Ag Sales in Weyburn for grain hauling, grain marketing and crop insurance give Corey Zed a call at 306-842-2406 AGT Foods AGT Foods and Ingredients one of the largest suppliers of value-added pulses staple foods and food ingredients in the world a great Saskatchewan success story and the gear up with John Ryan Foundation thanks to John for getting on board with this podcast well my first guest in this installment is a longtime CFL fan that wants to make a Netflix movie about the league it's a cool idea that is gaining traction and is definitely something that is needed to spark the interest with a younger demo and we're coming to you from the Regina Sports Performance Center studio. Respect the effort. Go check them out at uh, Broadway Avenue here in Regina. Thanks to Aubrey Stedman and the gang for getting on board. And as per usual, all our guests come to you from the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline. Uh, check out Hammer Time Roofing in Saskatoon, 306-262-ROOF. Now my uh, next guest, and I'm pleased to talk to this guy. I like doing this podcast, talking to fans. I've kind of had a segment now where I start talking to fans, and this guy's a longtime CFL fan, a former teen actor on Nickelodeon's You Can't Do That on Television, and is now on the uh, production side of film and TV. It's Chris Bickford. How are you today, my friend? I'm good, Michael. Awesome to uh, to get your call, and uh, I'm a big fan of your work, and obviously a big fan of Rider Nation as well. I was in Regina about a year ago, a little over a year ago. Awesome city. Yeah, well, I appreciate uh, you saying that, and appreciate the fact you like Regina. Uh, I'm sure you would have loved to have been here for a Rough Rider football game. Have you ever been to a game at our new stadium? So, I'll tell you, I'm a, I'm a hardcore CFL fan. I have been to games at every single stadium in the country, from Montreal to B.C., except Saskatchewan and Winnipeg. So those two are the final ones on my list. And that's more just because of uh, where I've lived geographically. I haven't had a chance to uh, check yeah. out games there, but definitely on the list. Well, you got to get there. The two heartlands of football right there, Winnipeg and uh, Saskatchewan for sure. Before we get to the reason I'm talking to you, your favorite sports movie of all time is? Hoosiers. That's a good one. I like that one, Gene Hackman. That's a great one. Why did you yeah. like? Why did you like that one? Well, there's a, actually that, let me let me qualify that. I would say Hoosiers is one of them. I'm a big fan of uh, underdogs in sports uh, and in life. It's a compelling story, especially from a screenwriter's perspective. Uh, also, The Natural, of course, with Robert Redford. Um, and let me let me say the top 
top sports movies of all time is the original Rocky. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the sequels necessarily, but the original one was fantastic. Cinderella Man. Oh, yeah, Cinderella, Cinderella Man. Man. Yeah, it was Russell Crowe, right? Yeah, absolutely. And all of the themes of those movies, the themes are underdogs prevailing against huge odds, which is kind of the story that attracts me. Which is why, I would assume... You want to make a CFL movie, not not just because you're a CFL nut, but let's talk about an underdog league. One of the charms of this league, and it's also to its detriment, it always has one foot on the ground firmly and one on the edge of the cliff. It always seems like it's going to fold. Here, here's how I used to grow up watching the CFL, Chris. It was riders first, and then whatever team was closest to folding. So some years it was the Alouettes and Concords, some years it was the Ottawa Rough Riders, some years it was the BC Lions. That's how, sadly, I cheered for the league because I wanted my league to survive. It seems like we're going down that road again, and I, I'll tell you what, a CFL movie would help. Tell us about it. You know what? Like I've obviously followed the league my whole life, um, and I kind of have a unique perspective because my parents are American, my dad's from Boston, mom's from New York, I'm from Toronto. So I've I've had kind of a perspective on on CFL and NFL, you know, from a from a different perspective. So I approached the CFL and some of their team executives a few weeks ago, and I submitted a document with a list of suggestions on what I think the league needs to do. Um, I stressed to them that the the league needs to change its mentality from quote hoping to survive to quote deciding to dominate. The CFL needs to challenge and refute the notion that they're a subpar second-tier league. So, Michael, not long ago, the NBA was actually worse off than the CFL. Uh, It's worth saying now that the 30 teams now making up the NBA, they have an average value of $2.2 billion each. That's for each team. If you went and bought one of those teams, you better have $2.2 billion in your pocket. But it's important to remember that before Magic, before Michael Jordan, Kareem, and Bird, the average attendance for the majority of NBA games was less than 8,000 fans. Mm -hmm. They had terrible attendance. Uh, The average player in the NBA, this is when we were little kids, was making $60,000 a year for an 82-game season. And the championship games, Chris, were on tape delay. They weren't even live. There you go. There you go. So this is what I'm telling CFL executives. Back in the day, the NBA was sitting on a billion-dollar product, but they hadn't realized it yet. The game back in the early 80s, it's the same game as it is now, today. The only difference is is they repackaged it, and they got rid of the attitude that, hey, we suck, tractor pulls and monster trucks are bigger draws than us. They changed their mentality, they shifted their focus, and now the NBA is a billion-dollar league. And I think the CFL is on the verge of doing that. They just have to change their mentality from hoping to survive to deciding to dominate. And, and that's a good point. And how, how are your suggestions met? And is that, kind of, is that kind of what you see with their talks with the XFL? Well, I know the CFL are in talks with the XFL and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, whether or not those talks lead to anything is yet to be seen. Nothing might happen. I mean, it's all talk right now. So the suggestions I've made to the CFL, uh, there's a whole list of them in this document, and I can send it to you if you'd like. The suggestions can be implemented easily with or without partnering with the XFL. Mm-hmm. As a Canadian Football League fan, as a guy who grew up as a CFL nut, which I love to, to hear, guy who's got two American parents, as you said, do you prefer this league stay Canadian the way it is and repackage it and make it better in its present form, or do we need to blow it up? This is how I feel in terms of the CFL moving forward. 
whether or not they keep CFL rules. Do they go to four downs? Do they use a smaller American field? Or do they keep it Canadian? The fact that the CFL has Canadian players and is played in the great nation of Canada, that's a selling feature, and it always will be. So I think the CFL needs more Maple Leafs, not less. It needs to keep its Canadian identity. It needs to keep the Canadian rules. If you strip away anything Canadian from the game, what you're going to have is you're going to have another UFL, USFL, XFL, Alliance of American Football, NFL Europe, all of those all of those leagues folded pretty quickly. And the reason being is they were trying to replicate and duplicate what the NFL is doing. The reason the CFL has survived and will continue to survive is that it's offering a different, unique product. So if they decide to go to four downs and if they decide to use a smaller American field, I think the uh, I think the whole thing is going to collapse within 12 months. Personally, yeah, I agree 100. percent You're uh, you're speaking to the choir right now, man. Uh, Chris, um, tell us a bit about the movie. What would the concept be? Where would it be based? Would it be action? Would it be comedy? Would it be an underdog movie? What kind of movie are we looking at here? If it if it does come to fruition. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about the movie. Um, as you mentioned earlier, I was a, a teen actor in the states. Uh, then I started working in reality TV. I had a, a TV series that I created that was signed by Bonamari Productions. They're best known for keeping up with the Kardashians. My goal has always been to make feature films. So I have two films that I've written. They've been signed by a production company, uh, Andre Secula. He was Quentin Tarantino's right-hand man and cinematographer on Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. He's asked to direct one of those films. The production company has invested $4 million in crew equipment. So I I approached one of the CFL teams, uh, their executives. I've had a meeting with them. Uh, CFL head office has invited me to talk to them. I've been invited to a Toronto Argos game as their guest. What we want to do is is create a movie that we'd bring to Netflix. It would be kind of like Stand By Me mixed with Rocky. So it's about uh, three 12-year-old guys who are kind of living on the wrong side of the tracks in Hamilton. And they and the entire city of Hamilton, of course, are obsessed with the Thai Cat. So the movie kind of centers around that. Yeah, we're offering to pay for the entire production. So four weeks of shooting, six weeks of editing. We would pay for all of that. And we're offering the CFL or any of their supporters or fans or executives who want to invest in the final 20%, and then we would shoot the film this summer, bring it to Netflix in probably September, October. The advantage for the CFL in doing this is that if if they don't have any games this year because of the pandemic, having a film on Netflix where there are 200 million subscribers and the CFL is showcased, uh, the Ticats are showcased, that's an advantage, obviously, to the CFL because then the league gets massive publicity. Every time somebody watches that movie year after year, month after month, the CFL is, again, fresh in people's minds. So we think it's a really great opportunity for the CFL. The reason why we're wanting to do it in Hamilton is just because my business partner, his production company, is based mm-hmm. in Hamilton and and the GTA. So just logistically, it would make a lot of sense to focus the movie in Hamilton with the Thai Cats, and would be awesome if you know if we had footage at Ryder Games too in Saskatchewan. Chris Bickford, how has this idea been met with those in the CFL circles that you've kind of uh, pitched this to? Well, this has all kind of happened in the last five or six days. Okay. The media is picking up on this story. 
Um, like I said, I've, I've had like a lot of CFL executives, team executives, um, who have reached out to me and who want more information. So they're kind of reviewing everything right now, but our offers on the table, we think it's a fantastic offer. And the fact that we're covering the cost of the production, uh, works in the CFL's favor too. Another strategy we would have is we would, we would bring up, uh, an American actor, like a name brand actor Mm -hmm. to, to be in the cast. The reason being is if you have a name brand actor from the U.S., suddenly the film is appealing not only in Canada, but it's also appealing on the U.S. side as well. So it becomes more marketable. It becomes more widely viewed. Sales are higher. And the other thing, if the CFL does directly invest in this film and become partners with us, they will stand to gain half of the profits. Investors get half of the profits of the film. And to give you an idea of what that could mean, uh, the movie Get Out, which you can see on Netflix, it was made in 2017, Jordan Peele's movie. It had a pretty small budget of about $5 million. It's already grossed $255 million. Wow. That's U.S. dollars. That's huge. So, yeah, you got, uh, you're got you talking about a high-profile actor. When, you, when I thought about this movie, I was thinking, okay, who could we get that I think could do it that could be a high-profile Canadian? How about like a Ryan Reynolds? A Ryan Reynolds in a CFL movie. That would be cool. Somehow. You know what I mean? I just, I was just shooting it around. But how about this? How about athletes? Like athletes can add credibility to a movie too. Either, either actual athletes that are performing nowadays or, or former athletes. Absolutely. And you know, this, the thing that people don't necessarily realize in terms of uh, hiring actors, uh, how it works essentially is you submit the script to their agent with a pile of money on the table. And you say, I want you to do this role. And when that pile of money is on the table, you can basically get, not whoever you want, you're not going to get Tom Cruise necessarily, but you can get some really high-profile names. Um, We're speaking to a number of uh, U.S. stars right now, Mm -hmm. and they're waiting for offers. So this is something that could happen relatively quickly once the pieces fall into place. I did want to mention, Michael, you were mentioning uh, bringing in you know, famous sports stars in order to promote the film as actors. I am texting and emailing and talking to a few professional athletes who are basically celebrities in the States and worldwide, and they're interested in attaching their name to this movie. Uh, One of them is an NFL quarterback. He won a Super Bowl. He's a pretty big celebrity. And having his name attached to a football movie that showcases the CFL would be wild. There's another NFL quarterback I'm talking to. He's also interested in attaching his name to the movie. We're talking in a couple more days. And also uh, a major league uh, baseball player from the New York Yankees who is now in the Hall of Fame, younger guy. Uh, We've been talking to his team for about five months, so there is a chance that he would attach his name to the movie as well. So bringing all this star power in to a movie that we would take to Netflix that showcases the CFL, pretty awesome. Oh, that is unbelievable. That's exactly the shot in the arm the CFL needs. Okay, you've been a a lifelong CFL fan. So let me just ask you, how long have you been watching the CFL? I've been watching the CFL since grade three. As I mentioned, my family is American. I have seven siblings. They were born from Kansas to California. Dad's from Boston. Mom's from New York. So we were living in California when I was in grade three, and we would play street football, all the kids in the streets. That was the big thing, kind of like street hockey here. All the other kids, they were being Steve Young, Joe Montana, and all these players, and I was repping the CFL. I was being a CFL quarterback. So who would that be? Yeah, so I was being Doug Flutie. (laughs) 
<laughs> what what turned you on? Okay, so you're living in California. You're in grade three. How do you become a CFL fan? Like, I don't get that. When I was growing up, you know, you got to remember, I, I come from a big family. So I have seven older brothers and sisters, my parents, grandparents. They are all Americans, like multi-generational Americans. I'm the lone Canadian in the bunch and the youngest, born in Toronto. So my brothers and I, we would have this fight, and sometimes it would turn into fistfights about what's better, the CFL or the NFL. I'm a Canadian, so naturally my allegiances are to the Canadian Football League. Okay, so in today's CFL, who's your favorite player to watch? I like Cody Fajardo. I think that kid is wicked, and he's an awesome representative of the league. He's polite, he's articulate, and he's a hustle. He's a gamer. He's a baller. Yeah, which guy do you root against? <laughs> what guy do I root against? Uh, well, uh, I'm not going to say his name, but there there is kind of an arrogant, cocky quarterback in the CFL. I'm not the biggest fan of. You know what? I, hey. I never used to like that certain quarterback either, but I actually have become fast friends with him. He is a really good dude. It's a, it's a, well, it's, we, don't, we don't even know who he is. I don't, we, we don't know who we're talking about here. Oh, oh I think, um, does he I wear, thought, does he wear red? I couldn't, I'm not commenting on that. I have no idea. I don't know anything about it, <laughs> but I will say this. It's important that, you know, we have these different personalities in the CFL. And I think the league needs to do a better job of marketing these guys. Bingo. And that's why this movie would be so great. Because here's the thing. In the NFL, the one thing you get, it's Peyton Manning and the Colts, or Tom Brady and now the Bucks, but Tom Brady and the Patriots, Dan Marino and the Dolphins. We don't have enough of that. Mike Riley and the Lions, Cody Fajardo and the Riders, or Bo Levi Mitchell and the Calgary Stampeders, public enemy number one. We need to embrace that, promote it, and not just that are friggin' Canadians. We got to promote our Canadians, the Andrew Harris's of the world, uh, those kind of, the Mike Adams, those kind of guys. We need to do a better job of promoting, 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 promoting. This is, this is the main point that I'm making in the CFL, and this is the reason that I believe stadiums are not selling out. The one and only single reason CFL stadiums aren't packed every weekend is simply this. It's perception. The perception that CFL teams and players are inferior to NFL teams and players. So what I think the CFL needs to do, first order of business, is to challenge, disprove, and disrupt that false narrative. And it is false. I'll give you an example. When the CFL expanded into the U.S. years ago, Canadian teams, they played against American teams with all-American rosters. And the sentiment was that any U.S.-based CFL team would crush any Canadian CFL team. But it didn't happen that way. BC Lions, with multiple Canadian-born players on their roster, they beat the all-American Baltimore team 26-23 in front of 55,000 people in BC. So Canadian teams can't compete. Also, you look at a guy like Ricky Williams, who came up to the CFL not as a washed-up player, Ricky Williams came up in the prime of his career, and he played for Toronto. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, for sure, man. And there's been Vince Ferragamo came up from the L.A. Rams and went to, and went to the Montreal Alouettes and, and couldn't cut the mustard. Johnny Manziel. I've seen so many 
guys that come much ballyhooed from all these high-ranking college teams or NFL teams. They come here. They think they're going to steamroll everybody. They get their ass kicked. Cameron Wake came here, and Cameron Wake credits his time here in the league with helping him to what might be a Hall of Fame career in the NFL with the Miami Dolphins. You're right. We don't package. We don't promote this enough. We don't do enough to promote how good we are, and we definitely need more exposure and more things from a guy like you, and I hope this movie does get off the ground. What I'm telling the CFL what they need to do is they need to challenge the narrative that the NFL is better. Like I was saying, Ricky Williams came up here in the prime of his career. They thought that every time he touched the ball, he'd run 80 yards. He wouldn't be able to be tackled. He was demolished in the CFL. Our guys handled him easily. So what I'm, what I'm suggesting to the CFL is that they come up with something called the Border Bowl, where you have our Grey Cup champion, whoever it is that year, play an exhibition game against any NFL team. You make an invite. The only thing is, it's three-down football, our rules, our field, and we play a game called the Border Bowl. So I'd like to see the Calgary Stampeders against the Denver Broncos, for example, and I think the Stamps would win the game. I think it would be a really fantastic match. So once you have that kind of thing happening, then people start to see, hey, the CFL, they're not a bunch of scrubs. These are actually world-class athletes with world-class speed, strength, and skill. And on a bigger field on three downs, you know, I think they could beat an NFL team. Once you have that happen, then you have the people, Montreal, Vancouver, Toronto, start going to the game. Because until... Something until the narrative is challenged that the NFL is far superior, nobody's going to go to the games in those big cities. Good point, Chris, and I hope your movie uh, comes to see the light of day and helps uh, move that perception, move that needle in the right direction for the CFL. Thanks for this, bud. Keep us in the loop, okay? Michael, you do a fantastic job. I appreciate the interview, and uh, thanks to all the listeners as well. Take care. And installment 274 of Growing the Game with Ballsy as always coming to you from the Regina Sports Performance Center studio. Thanks to Aubrey Stedman and the gang over there on Broadway Avenue doing some good work helping to train the uh, stars of tomorrow today with their great indoor facility for both football and basketball. Then upstairs they've got the uh, little mini track and weight room up there and a weight room across the parking lot. So make sure you go check them out on Broadway Avenue. And all our guests come to you via the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline. Hammer Time Roofing in Saskatoon. Give Kevin Welsh and his squad a call at 306-262-ROOF if you're in need of some roofing work in the Saskatoon area. Also, a really big football fan is Kevin Welsh, and like I said, we'll have him on a podcast to talk about his love of football, especially your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Well, this next guest on the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline is in our Athlete of the Week feature brought to you by Paul Waldo at Royal LePage. Get in the real estate game with the three-time Grey Cup champ, 306-502-5355. A guy that came up through the minor ranks, the uh, LeBoldis Golden Suns, Regina Thunder, U of S Huskies, Montreal Alouettes, and your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and is on board with this podcast for the last few years and of course coaching with the U.S. Huskies now and he goes up against our guest today that would be the big behemoth Peter Kazushka who is an offensive lineman out of the Yorkton area who is starring with the U of A Golden Bears in Edmonton. 6'7", 320 pounds. How big are your shoes? <laughs> I wear a size 15s ballsy. Size what? 15, one five. So where do you get them from? Online is the best place, honestly. Yeah. And what about clothing? 
anything I can find, anything I can find in tall size works for me. Yeah. So, yeah. so like, uh, I know in Regina, I think we still have Mr. Big and Tall. Do you have something like that in Edmonton or something like that? Same kind of thing. All that stuff. You, Mr. Big and Tall, Moors, you can get custom tailored suits, actually. Yeah. And Old Navy, actually. Really? Tall sizes for shirts, yeah. Wow. I'd love to see six, seven, 320-pound Peter Kazushka try to get out of the Old Navy parking lot on Quan Street in Regina. You ever been there trying to get out of that in the east end there? Not that one, no. Oh, that's crazy, man. But in Edmonton, there's probably 10 of them. Um, have you always been the biggest guy? Uh, pretty much so, yeah. Growing up through elementary school, I was always the tallest. And I think around grade six, I started passing some of the teachers. But that, yeah. I think that's, yeah, around that six-foot mark was then. So, yeah, and then just kept growing. Okay, so is that awkward for you to be kind of that guy, probably a little clumsy going through those years where guys can get picked on? I mean, if you're that big, you're probably not going to get picked on. But you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely took some time to adjust to learning how to use my body and my size. Mm -hmm. I played basketball um, all through high school, and I was extremely clumsy when I started playing. Like, could not make a shot to save my life. But I got all my rebounds, so it was easy that way. Just kept kept shooting and putting it up until something would go in, just because the coordination wasn't there yet. Yeah. Was yeah. there ever any doubt that you'd go into football? Was basketball kind of an option or never an option? I still love football more. Yeah. Football, football, really, football really let me be who I wanted to be on the field instead of – whereas basketball, it's, it's contact, but it's not really contact. So, yeah. Okay, so who do you want to be? Who are you on the field, Peter Kazushka? On the field, I, I, mean, I, I try and play the game the right way, which is um, just giving everything I have, every play, playing hard-nosed football, playing to the whistle, and just not quitting. Well, it sounds like traits of Chris Morris would like. How does, it, uh, how does it help you having a guy that played at a high level in the CFL be your head coach and a guy that's uh, – Help build some other great guys. One that comes to mind is a guy that has your kind of dimensions that just signed a futures contract with the Indianapolis Colts. That'd be Carter O'Donnell. Coach Morris is amazing. And he's really the reason that I decided to come here to Alberta. He just knows so much and is such an O-line guru when it comes to everything. And then when you ha we have Coach Morris and you pair him with Coach Prince and another coach who has coached in the CFL for many years, coach at the youth sports level. And the other assistant coaches we have along that, it's it's really O-line you when it comes to that. Because no matter who you talk to, you're talking to somebody who, who has been there, who's played in the pros, and really knows what they're talking about. So I know my son went on the recruiting trip, and we went to Alberta, and we really liked the facilities, and we really liked Chris's demeanor. And I really liked his attention to detail as it relates to school. A lot of guys go to go to school to play football. But if you're going to Alberta, you're going to school to go to school and then play football. Exactly. And like Coach Morris really makes sure the players understand that their football doesn't last forever. No, no matter who you are, you, you can't play until you're 50 years old in the pros. It's, it's not going to happen. So you need to be able to have a life after football. And that's where the degree comes in. No matter what you're doing, you need to be able to be prepared once, that, once football ends, what are you going to do with your life? And that's something that Coach Morris really focuses on, and I appreciate just because he's focusing more on you as a person instead of you just as a jersey number who, who goes on the field. So, uh, Peter, you're taking finance. What's your what's your goal off the field whenever football ends for you? I'm taking finance. Um, kind of numbers guy. Mm -hmm. My goal would be 
probably I'd like to get into either consulting or personal finance, helping people learn how to learn about money, wealth management, investing their money, and just helping people uh, grow. Man, that's uh, that's smart, man. I wish I had that when I was growing up for sure. Um, what's the most important number besides team wins? What's the most important number for an offensive lineman since you're a numbers guy? Most important number definitely would be how our backs are doing. How many, so how many rushing yards we can get is mm-hmm. directly related to us because we're, we're creating the holes for Rosie and um, how many sacks we let up. We, we never want to let Brad hit, touch the ground. So those I think would be the two biggest ones, just how many rushing yards that we can help make and how many times we stop Brad from getting hit. Yeah. You got to keep that old man upright. He's already a teacher. Like he's already an old <laughs> dude, right? He's got some grays, I think. So <laughs> that's awesome. Um, you missed the farm back in the Yorkton area. Yeah, I, it, it's it's been an adjustment coming to the city for the past five years. You, you kind of get used to it, but I still I really like the open space and just being able to have my own space. Where like right now I'm in an apartment, and like four walls, there, there's there's always something else there. Whereas mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of just like that open that open farmland where they you know they make that joke you can see your dog right away but that that's what i like now that was a portion of an interview i did with peter on zoom as part of the top 50 can west football show that i'm working on to highlight the best football players in the can west we need to promote our kids like i said that's the purpose of this podcast and along with uh, regina film student eric cox we are putting together a top 50 can west football show that we're hoping to put on YouTube or some sort of platform, maybe even TV if we can do that. And if there's an appetite for that, I'm hoping there is as we want to expose our stars. And this list was a pick by coaches, media members, and some players in the league anonymously. We put together a top 50 with 10 best of the rest. So each week starting in the summer, we'll have 10 weeks of this. We'll go 50 to 46 and one best of the rest. And then of course, uh, 45 to uh, 41 and one best of the rest and so on and so forth till we get to the number one player as chosen by coaches, players, and media anonymously in the Can West Conference. And lists, I mean, how accurate are they? I don't know, but it does generate interest, we're hoping, and that's what we need for Canadian football, especially at the grassroots level. So make sure you're watching for that coming up this summer. This has been Growing the Game with Ballsy. If you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game, email Michael Ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com. Ballsy can be heard weekdays in Regina on 104.9 The Wolf Morning Show and during Saskatchewan Rough Riders and U of R Rams broadcasts on 620 CKRM.